On November 28, 1953, at 2.25 in the morning, a CIA bacteriologist and chemical warfare specialist named Frank Olson plunged to his death from a midtown Manhattan hotel room. For decades, the real circumstances surrounding his death were kept secret, as they threatened to expose one of the U.S. government's most monstrous clandestine operations, a program of torture, chemical, and psychoactive warfare meant to cement American dominance around the globe. Something called MK Ultra. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. You're listening to Hidden History. My name is Ellis Tucci, and this is episode 106, The Death of Frank Olson. Hidden History is always available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and www.hiddenhistory.show. If you like this episode, then consider subscribing or sharing it with a friend. If you're interested in further reading on this topic, all my sources are listed in the description. And with that, let's get on to it. Every once in a while, when I'm writing these episodes, there comes a topic where you don't even know where to start. This is one of those topics. MKUltra was a vast and incredibly secretive program. Most of the documentation surrounding it was incinerated in a 1973 Watergate-induced frenzy to destroy condemning information. The true scale of this program, including its casualty count, are likely forever lost to us. Since then, the finding of a cache of incorrectly filed documents in 1977 has given us some glimpse, however limited, into this secretive world. Those few things that we do know don't paint a very pretty picture. If you're familiar with it, odds are that the thing you know about is its attempt to develop mind control and brainwashing techniques by administering massive amounts of LSD on unaware and non-consenting people. That was a large part of MKUltra, but its scope expanded far beyond that. It funded the experiments of Scottish psychiatrist Donald Ewan Cameron as he developed his concept of psychic driving, which to this day is used as an especially cruel form of torture. In what are now known as the Montreal Experiments, Cameron took normal patients who sought his help with issues like anxiety or postpartum depression and put them in drug-induced comas, sometimes for months on end, while playing them endlessly looping audio commands in an attempt to completely destroy and reprogram their mind and personality. As a result, some patients suffered total amnesia, forgot how to talk, or forgot who their families were. Some forgot how to use the bathroom. All were disabled for the rest of their lives. The CIA had other irons in the fire, though. To them, it was simply MKUltra Subproject 68. Some experiments were conducted in American cities and prisons. Others were performed in secret detention camps scattered across the Philippines, Japan, and West Germany so as to escape the reach of American law. All were conducted on people the CIA had deemed expendable. In another MKUltra sub-project known as Operation Midnight Climax, the CIA established fake brothels in New York and San Francisco in order to experiment on people who would be too embarrassed to talk about what had happened to them. 
They paid prostitutes to lure men in off the streets and then dosed the unsuspecting men with massive amounts of LSD while they observed through a one-way mirror. One of the primary purposes of MKUltra was to develop new and more effective torture and interrogation techniques, which they also did using drugs and chemicals. Sometimes people were injected with stimulants and depressants simultaneously. Others were submitted to long and repeated electric shocks. Still more were interrogated under heavy doses of LSD and told their bad trips would only stop after they had surrendered their deepest secrets. Project MKUltra officially began in the spring of 1953, in response to rumors that the Soviets and Chinese had mind-control technology, and that the North Koreans had brainwashed defecting American soldiers during the Korean War. Control of the project was handed to a chemist named Sidney Gottlieb, a poison expert who had gained the nickname the Dirty Trickster. It was at Gottlieb's insistence that the LSD tests left a controlled lab and began on unaware civilians and other CIA agents. As the program expanded in size and scope, unknowingly drinking drug-laced coffee became a common occurrence at the CIA's Virginia headquarters. Sidney Gottlieb saw far more in drug warfare than simply an interrogation tool. He saw it as a way to topple governments. Imagine if you could dose a leader with LSD right before they gave an important speech. It's only fitting, then, that Gottlieb oversaw a number of attempts to assassinate and discredit foreign leaders, including attempting to lace Fidel Castro's cigars with LSD. He also oversaw interrogation tests using other hallucinogens like mescaline and DMT. If you'd like to learn more about Gottlieb in particular, I'd recommend reading Stephen Kinzer's book, Poisoner in Chief. So now we know, roughly, what MKUltra was. A secret program of human experimentation aimed at inventing new torture techniques and methods of mind control. How long it lasted, from 1953 to 1973, and who ran it, Dr. Sidney Gottlieb. Now, I suppose it's time to talk about Frank Olson. Frank Olson was a bacteriologist. He got his PhD in bacteriology from the University of Wisconsin in 1938. During World War II, he went to work for the Army Chemical Corps, a division of the Army tasked with developing chemical and biological weapons. He was an expert in aerosols, which he used to eventually lead research on the development of sprayable anthrax and other aerosol weapons including the use of biological agents. At some unknown point prior to 1952, he became an employee of the CIA, continuing his work with chemical and bioweapons. He steadily progressed through the ranks, being named to the controlling committee of a secret interrogation program that was a contemporary of MKUltra called Project Artichoke. It aimed to use hypnosis and psychoactive drugs to create Manchurian candidate-style assassins who would be unable to control their actions. Eventually, however, Olson began to sour to the CIA as he saw the suffering his research had enabled. This is something that I mentioned in episode 104, but is relevant again here. In 1953, the Chinese government accused the United States of using biological and chemical agents during the Korean War, and brought forward as proof the testimony of two captured American pilots. 
the American government emphatically denied the accusations and threatened to charge the prisoners with treason, which, I may add, is not something you do if you're innocent. As a specialist in biological warfare who worked extensively with both the Army and the CIA, Olson became increasingly convinced that the United States had used biological weapons in Korea. His disillusionment continued throughout the summer of 1953 as he took a tour of secret CIA facilities and allied bioweapons labs around Europe allegedly witnessing a number of gruesome experiments and interrogations where people were tortured to death, including bearing witness to the murder of a young British airman named Robert Evans, who on May 6, 1953, volunteered for what he thought would be a benign medical experiment. He was instead injected with nerve gas and died 20 minutes later. The final straw came in November of that year. On the 18th, 11 CIA and Army officials involved in MKUltra, some of the only people in the world who knew the true extent of the program, were invited to an annual retreat at a lakeside cabin in rural Maryland. On the evening of the 19th, Sidney Gottlieb produced a bottle of Cointreau, a sweet orange liqueur, and began liberally pouring cups for almost everyone in attendance. Twenty minutes later, Gottlieb asked the men if they felt any different. They did, and with good reason. They had just been given a massive dose of LSD. There's no record of what happened in the ensuing hours. We only know that he returned home to his wife and children the following day and claimed that he had made a terrible mistake during the retreat and that he wanted to resign. That Monday, he unsuccessfully attempted to do so, only to be convinced by his supervisor that everything was fine. The next day, he found out, everything wasn't. The CIA now considered him a security risk. Olson was one of the most knowledgeable people in the world about the extent of its illegal programs and biological experiments. He was now being compelled to undergo psychiatric evaluation. The CIA was sending him to the office of Dr. Harold Abramson, who just so happened to be the primary doctor associated with MKUltra. His allegiances were not to the health and safety of Frank Olson, but to the security of the program. He recommended that Olson be voluntarily hospitalized for a month, which Olson himself readily agreed to, excited by the prospect of being able to read more books during his recuperation. That night, he drank a cocktail or two with Robert Lashbrook, Gottlieb's second-in-command who was accompanying him on the trip. The two were sharing room 1018A, and after their drinks, the two retired to their room, where Olsen watched a little bit of TV before nodding off to sleep. The next morning, he would be dead. Just past two in the morning, Frank Olsen sailed through the tenth-story window which was closed with curtains and blinds drawn before landing on the sidewalk and dying shortly thereafter. A hotel switchboard operator listened in on a call going from Olson's room to Abramson's office a short time later, with the caller simply stating, Well, he's gone. The NYPD collaborated with the CIA to cover it up. According to the police report, Frank Olson had risen in the middle of the night and, in his underwear, 
run across the room in the dark, missing two beds to smash through a closed window. When the police entered the room, they found Robert Lashbrook asleep on the toilet, who apparently had heard Olsen run and jump to his death, but went back to his restful nap on the john. The CIA convinced the Olsen family that they would not want to see the body, and that the funeral should be closed casket, conditions which they accepted. The secret persisted for over 20 years. The official story was that Frank Olsen had suffered a fatal nervous breakdown. It was only in 1975 when the President's Commission on CIA Activities within the United States discovered some documentation on MKUltra that the CIA admitted that Olsen had been drugged at the Maryland retreat, leading to a public apology from Gerald Ford as well as a monetary settlement, though they still maintained that his death was a suicide. In 1994, Frank Olson's sons ordered a second autopsy, which uncovered significant injuries to his head and chest not consistent with death by falling, and were, in fact, as the performing physician James Starr said, starkly indicative of homicide. In 2012, Frank Olson's sons filed suit against the CIA, attempting to gain access to files about their father, as well as petition for general damages. Though the case was ultimately dismissed due to the 1975 settlement, the presiding judge reaffirmed that, quote, the public record supports many of these allegations, far-fetched as they may sound. Nobody ever faced consequences for MKUltra. Sidney Gottlieb, the dirty trickster, retired in 1972 and lived the rest of his life on a small, peaceful farm in a small Virginia village, before dying peacefully on March 7, 1999, having lived the happy ending that he himself had denied from so many. Hey, thanks for listening this week. If you liked this episode, then consider subscribing or sharing with a friend. I hope to catch you next week. This is Ellis Tucci at Hidden History, signing off.